I really like the idea of asking, like, what is the MVP of this as a question to ask to help understand the problem better. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. And today's episode topic comes by way of a listener question. We had a listener reach out to us and ask about designing an MVP. This is a term that we use a lot in tech. Um, if you are already working in, in a design role in tech, you've definitely heard it before. But um, we, it is something that I feel like we don't ever really stop and explain. And this listener has asked... Um, they've said, I'd love to hear you talk about design MVPs. What are they? What are the processes attached to them? I hear people mention MVPs a lot, but no one ever explains what they are and if it's a process that works. So definitely sounds like this listener could use some like background knowledge on when you take an MVP approach to something. MVP stands for minimum viable product, by the way. Um, maybe we should not most valuable player. Maybe we should say that. Right <laughs> so Fem and I today are going to talk about how we think about this, what decisions we make when we're in MVP designing mode should be good to talk about. But first of all, Fem, how's life? How you doing? Pretty good. I'm really ready for spring and warmer weather. It's been very wet here, uh, but otherwise generally pretty good. I find, uh, you know, like I want to touch on something that I'm struggling with in my side projects. Please. I feel like we always talk about the wins and like things that are going well, but something I'm struggling with at the moment is like writing and mm. like writing content, uh, specifically things like my newsletter often ends up being a very like last minute, oh, I, I got to send a newsletter. I'll just quickly put something together. Uh, and so I don't know if it's like, I'm just not organized enough and I need to maybe get ahead somehow and come up with a better system for like writing or I just need to, yeah, be more organized or maybe hire help. I don't know, but it's something that I've been struggling with a little bit and uh, it's becoming more important in my side projects as I have all these different things that I'm doing and like, you know, writing is, is really important and making sure I'm clearly, you know, communicating what I want to communicate well. So yeah, that's been a recent struggle of mine. And I know you do a lot of writing, so I, I'm curious how this works for you. <laughs> I was just going to say, is the problem like writing itself or is it actually getting the motivation and sitting down to write? Ah, oh, that's so hard. I think it's the, I think it's a bit of both. It's like actually, you know, making the time to sit down and write like is hard. And then when I do sit down to write, I feel like I'm just not putting, like, I feel like it could be better. I always feel like, oh, I'm not really like putting a lot of effort into this. I'm just kind of like explaining something, but not really going the extra mile. Like I know it could be a lot better. So that's what I'm struggling with. Honestly, Fem, I feel like this should be the next okay. episode topic because writing is important, like like you said, for your side projects, but also for us as designers as well, right? In our, in our jobs, especially in a remote work environment, maybe we should talk about how to get better at writing and like what we struggle with. I would love to talk about that next time because, yeah, that's something I'm struggling with. Uh, but yeah, enough about me. What about you? How are you? Is there something you're struggling with right now in side projects or maybe you have some wins to share? Well, actually, I am also struggling with writing, <laughs> but for me, it's the um, making the time to do it. I feel like if I give myself the space, the words can flow. Yeah. Uh, but I am just not very good at actually making the time to do that. I actually recently set up some deadlines for myself for finishing chapters of uh -huh. my book. 
because I am just not getting very far with it at like as far as I would like. So yeah, I've, I've set up some deadlines and we will see if I can stick to them. But I think that that is what I'm going to need to actually get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is just some deadlines, even if they are self-set. Yeah. Deadlines is a good one. Uh, although I find that even, even with a deadline, I, the deadline is so arbitrary sometimes for me, like, Oh, I know I need yeah. to send out a newsletter <laughs> this week. And like, what does this week really mean? And then it's like suddenly Saturday morning and I'm like, I really need to send out a newsletter. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's save it for a future episode. Yeah, sounds good. But yeah, other than that, I've just been honestly, I feel like I would say surviving rather than uh-huh. thriving. Okay, love this it. Week. <laughs> yeah, it's been Fias here in Valencia. You heard me mention that in, in previous episodes. Uh, yeah, it's just been very loud, very noisy. And finally... Now it is over. There is silence. I'm recording in my office again. There is not fireworks going (laughs) off. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next week and hopefully just like recovering a little bit. But yeah, shall we get into today's topic um, and talk about designing MVPs? How often does this come up for you? I'm curious. How often like is this phrase uttered in conversations at your work or like are you taking an MVP approach to projects? Is it every time? Is it like, I don't know, in rare circumstances? Yeah. What's been your experience? I found that this was a lot more of a thing when I was at Uber and is less so of a thing mm-hmm. at Wealth Simple. I feel like at Uber, it, almost everything was always an MVP with like a longer term roadmap or plan to like iteratively roll out future phases of a feature or, or a product. Uh, at Wellsimple, it seems to be a little bit different. It's like we have this value of ship it and improve it. So I feel like we ship a lot earlier and faster. Uh, and then the idea is that we improve it and then we just move on to a completely different feature or project. Like it's kind of like done in a shorter window of time. Whereas at Uber, I feel like it's more of a long tail ongoing maintenance, tweaking and improving it. So yeah, I, I feel like currently in my work, we don't talk much about MVPs. It's more like, let's let's get it out there and we'll learn as it's live and out there and then iterate and improve it and then move on to something else. That's really interesting the way you just described that because I feel like it could technically be seen as an MVP in both mm-hmm. cases. Yeah. You know, like you're at Well Simple, you're like, well, this is done enough. We're going to ship it and we'll learn from it and improve it from there. Technically, that's an MVP, right? Um, maybe we should explain that part to start yeah. <laughs> with. An MVP, the minimum viable product, is kind of like, what is the like minimum scope we can design and build and ship that meets the needs enough, um, but doesn't like, I don't know, just means we can get it done in the fastest amount of time. Maybe it's not perfect and it's not encompassing every single feature that we want, but it's like the minimum that you can have to solve right. a problem. Um, but maybe it's the fact that at Wellsimple, that's not how it's talked yeah. about, right? Like you're not you're not talking about it in I that I think way. it's more of a language, uh, like a terminology mm. difference rather than whether it's an MVP or not. Because I agree. I think in a way like we only really ship MVPs at Wellsimple. Like everything is is an MVP. Mm. I think for me, the difference is like, yeah, the more like incremental iterative tweaking while it's live at Wellsimple versus Uber, which is like design and build in these like quarterly chunks and then like incrementally release like improvements. Yeah, over time rather than like shipping small fine fine-tuned tweaks all the time so yeah and I think like I find that 
when I was at Uber, a lot of the time we started projects with a North Star vision. Like, what do we want the end result to be? Like, let's forget about MVP for now. Let's like blue sky thinking if we had all the resources, all the time in the world, and we wanted this to be like the perfect kind of solution, what would that be? And then we often would backtrack from there into these more like realistic phases or milestones to an eventual MVP. And I feel like at Well Simple, it's the other way. It's like we start with the MVP and we don't always necessarily get to the North Star, like end vision, like I said. Uh, but yeah, it's more of a like MVP first approach, I would say, rather than Uber, which was starting more with the North Star. So that's been been different and interesting for me. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to hear as well about the language like differences between the two as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Over at ConvertKit, I mean, I, I can really only speak to the marketing website and like design yeah. side um i'm sure that this happens on product too but we tend to use this approach when it's like this is a thing that needs to get done but we really want to spend the majority of our efforts and time on this other like project that's going to have longer term benefits and so that means that we have to take an mvp approach to this other thing that needs to be done because we just simply do not have the time to invest and do everything like exactly the way we would want it. So it's kind of like we're playing favorites with projects um, and prioritizing because we're, we're often working on multiple things at once. And so, yeah, an MVP approach to us means what is the minimum amount of time and effort we can spend on this thing to still meet the needs yeah. of like the project of the thing needing to ship. Um, you know, we have a quality bar still that we want to meet. But yeah, we use it to say to ourselves and sort of like to catch ourselves if we find ourselves going too deep in the design process and are like, hold up, hold up. Do you really need to explore all these eight iterations or will this like first one using a very templated approach actually meet the needs? Um, and it helps sort of everyone to understand the level of effort that should be spent on this project as well. How often do you get the opportunity to go beyond the MVP? Like... My worry also is always like, okay, if everything is always going to be an MVP, like is, you know, I, I don't know if I would enjoy that kind of work, to be honest, as a designer, like I, I thrive on where there are those opportunities to like do that North Star or like push it further and beyond. So yeah, I'm curious, like in your work, especially from a marketing perspective, which maybe I'm wrong, but you know, uh, like I'm imagining that not always the things you're creating are evergreen, like maybe you're creating something for an event or some sort of campaign or something like that. So like, what are the opportunities there to go beyond MVP when it's like not an evergreen kind of situation? And yeah, do you, do you get those opportunities often to go beyond MVP? This is a good question. I think there's always at least one project on the go that we're going deeper on. Okay. And we're sort of using the MVP mentality to allow us to continue going deep on that one project because it means we can save time on the other you know other things but things like our homepage, for example right. can just it can never be an mvp because if you did that like an mvp for a homepage, i would say okay you need to explain a bit about your product uh, you need to have a link to sign up but there's just so much brand needed on a homepage to for it actually to like do a good job um, whereas MVP for, for web design anyway, from, in my perspective, is more about 
okay, we just got to provide this information, provide people a way to sign up, and then we can check that box and say we've done it. But you got to go deeper than that on the homepage if you actually want to succeed with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is an area that we definitely don't take an MVP approach with. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's usually usually at least one project that we have on the go we get to go deeper. And I agree, it would be a bit soul crushing <laughs> to have to do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our listener asked at the end of their question, like, is this a process that works? So I'm curious, like, what mm. this means to you and yeah what you would say to that like do you do you feel that taking an mvp approach to projects works out well in the long term or maybe what are some of the trade-offs i guess when taking this mvp approach good good question Mm -hmm. i think that mvps can honestly introduce a lot of design debt uh, and like technical debt as well i guess but i can only really speak to the design side i think that when you do an MVP, there's less time to consider how it fits within the wider system. And if you're making choices that should then apply to other things as well. And like, maybe you're using, I don't know, an old style of design you really would like to update, but you can't because it's an MVP. Yeah. I think that it can introduce a lot of design debt for that reason. Um, And that is also why it's a bit soul crushing for us as designers, if we have to work in MVP mode all of the time. Um, I think it's a process that works if you are purposefully saving up the time to improve something else, right? And that you're not just using the time to get more MVPs out <laughs> because then you're just adding more and more to your problem. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, what do you think? I, I totally agree. I think it can definitely introduce design debt. And I feel like this is what we kind of did well at Uber where because we started with the North Star and backtracked to the MVP, we kind of, that kind of helped us mitigate the risk of design debt because we knew where we wanted to go in the future. So we could Mm. design the MVP with that end goal or like that scalability in mind. So I always found that really valuable at Wellsible. It's a little bit the opposite. So it's a little bit, sometimes I feel like we are introducing a little bit of design debt, but yeah, so far that hasn't caused me many issues, but yeah, I think uh, one day that will come. Yeah, it could do. And it's like, I think the issues that come from only doing MVPs build up over time, right? Because if it's an MVP, you're not adding those moments of delight or like taking the extra time to like really explore to find the best visual solution for things. And those are things that in the end can lead to your product or your website feeling like it's a bit lower quality. And so that's why I think that you just can't take this approach all the time and that it has to be a time-saving technique. Yeah. Is there something different in your design process when it comes to taking an MVP approach versus like the not MVP approach? Is that like, does that design process look different for you? Yeah. It mostly looks like less iterations and and starting from a different Mm -hmm. place where when it's a, let's call it a normal project, because in the ideal world, (laughs) we don't get the time. Um, it's like we start with wireframing and like going really big and thinking about what like you know forget all the restrictions what would we ideally want to do whereas in an MVP it's like what do we already have that we could pull from to like inform this and build this to make it faster Um, is there something we can copy is there this pattern we've used before and we don't start with the like big wide thinking as much and that's why it saves time but it's also why in the end you don't get to as, as creative results with it. 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like when it's an MVP first approach, it's a lot more executional, like kind of jumping straight to like solutioning almost. Uh, whereas in a more normal project, like we'd probably do a lot more exploratory user research and more like design sprint kind of style approach to the process rather than like, okay, straight to execution. Like what is a solution for this? And like the minimum lift, like how can we sort of leverage what we already have today and fit within the existing constraints. So yeah, it is, uh, less, there's less of that creative exploratory phase, I think in the MVP first approach. Yeah. How have you found that with your work at Wealthsimple then? Cause I know that the research and everything was a big part of your work at Uber. And so if you're taking more of an MVP first pr approach at Wealthsimple, even though we're not calling yeah. it that, um, what's, what's that been like for your design process? Yeah. It's, uh, making a lot of assumptions and hypotheses. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we also have like recently shifted to this process, uh, or phase in our in our product design development process called playtesting, which is kind of like an internal employee beta of something before releasing it, like, you know, publicly. And like, mm -hmm. it doesn't completely stand in for research, but it is useful to have instead, like if research isn't available or part of the process, because at least we can do a little bit of internal testing, get feedback internally. Uh, so that's kind of been a... a I don't know, substitute, I guess, for the lack of being able to go out and do the more like proper in-depth qualitative research before starting. Yeah. And that, that is, you know, some research informing what yeah. you're working on, which is maybe why it's not called an MVP or well simple because you are going a bit deeper than that. Yeah. That's interesting. I think it's really healthy for us as designers to be able to work in both modes, you know, like we talked about in the, the episode we did recently about the design job hunting hiring oh, process yes, yes. right and how if uh, i'm just seeing case studies of people who went through these long research phases mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that doesn't give me confidence that they would be able to thrive <laughs> where that is not the approach we take even when we are diving deep into a project we don't do as much research as a company like uber would do um we don't have those resources and so i think that it's great for a designer to be able to work you know based on assumptions and get that mvp mode done or work with the research as well yeah i think that's like a good well-rounded skill set to have well that's good to hear because i'll admit it's been very uncomfortable for me to go from like having <laughs> all of those research resources to like none <laughs> uh and having to like figure it out on my own uh has yeah i mean been uncomfortable because i'm not used to it and i i feel like I'm not able to make as confident design decisions, but I've just had to find other ways of gaining that confidence. So yeah, it's just a different process. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about to do with MVPs is that it, an MVP doesn't mean it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I just, we just got to make that clear. Um, I cannot remember the exact way she phrases it, but our VP of product has a really great explanation that I've heard her share before about MVPs and how, if you imagine a cake, an MVP isn't a slice of a cake, right? Where it's like, we'll just carve off this little piece and we'll build this little piece right now. Um, actually, I think that is the way that some companies mm -hmm, approach an mm -hmm. MVP. But um, what she was encouraging us and our team to do is instead of thinking of it as a slice of cake, to think of it as a cupcake. So it's like this complete thing that has all the flavors. It's got the icing. It's presented in a package that can be enjoyed on its own. It doesn't have to be like yeah. a part of something bigger to, to be useful. 
Um, so that's now like terminology we say sometimes at ConvertKit is like, okay, instead of saying what's the MVP, it's like, okay, what's the cupcake? I love it. <laughs> what's the cupcake version so of this? That's so cute. Yeah, I think, th- yeah, I think it's a cute. really good metaphor and like a good thing to touch on is like you say, it's it's not like a half-baked sort of, or like a slice of something. It's, yes, a half-baked yeah, cake. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a half-baked cake. Like it's like, I mean, in my experience, often MVPs end up being the foundation for like additional you know, delight moments and features later on. It's like, what is the bare minimum functionality that this has to do? Like, yeah, it would be great if it also did these other three things, but let's start with like the basic fundamental foundation. Uh, and then we can and do, yeah, it well. and do it well. And then we can layer on and add, you know, the extra things on top phased out later on. They're not as high priority as the foundation. I, I like that metaphor. I'm going to try bringing that to my to my team's the cupcake. <laughs> yeah. Just say to your team, what's the cupcake? Yeah. And they'll be like, what the heck are you talking yeah, about? Totally. <laughs> what advice could we give to this listener, though? Because I imagine that MVPs and this concept and like what an MVP even means can vary a lot based on different companies, you know. So what advice do you think we should give to yeah them? I mean I think it's worth having a conversation with your team around expectations of like what do we what do we think an MVP is like what what would that look like what would that be uh, I find this can often be a fun like workshopping exercise as a team of like you know um, trying to come up with ideas of what would define the MVP I do think like alignment and expectation setting early on is really important to make sure you're all on the same page around what is this MVP going to be? What do we mean when we talk about MVP? I've been in situations where that's not clear between, or that's not like a shared understanding early on. And that can really cause headaches later on when you realize everyone had different expectations about what we were going to do. So yeah, I think, uh, I think I would recommend to this listener to invite the team to have maybe a workshopping exercise around it or a conversation around like, what do we mean by MVP? Let's come up with a shared understanding and definition of what that could be for this project. I really like the idea of asking, like, what is the MVP of this as a, like, even if you're not having to take an, only produce an MVP, but as a question to ask to help understand the problem better. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Yeah, because that is the fundamentals, like you said. And so if your idea of an MVP of this, you know, product or feature or, or site you're going to build it looks one way, but to the rest of the team, it looks like something else, then you're misaligned on the basics. And so it's going to be hard for you to get to a good result. So yeah, I I like that. But I think we should be careful about asking it as designers because we do not want to encourage (laughs) only producing MVPs if we can help it. But you know, within your trusted group, I think it could be a good thought exercise. Yeah, that's that's a little bit why usually I like to take the opposite approach of like, not necessarily what's an MVP, but what's the North Star and like then yeah. scaling it back down to the MVP. But I think it depends on like the the product culture in your company and yeah, how you work. I, f- I feel like I've definitely been in situations in the past where the more we produced MVPs, the expectations shifted around how long it took to design something. Oh, interesting. And it was kind of like, well, you did this one in only a week, so you only need a week for this one, right? And I'm like, no, please, can I have a bit longer this time? It's not the you same, know. yeah. Yeah, and the, the the expectations shifted. So I think maybe it's healthy to call out when something is an MVP as well and just like align the team on the fact that this is something we, like I said before, use to save time that we can put on into other things. Um, like bigger projects, they're going to really, you know, build what we want to build and be what we want them to be. 
so that you don't end up in that situation. Because I think it is a really easy slope to get into, especially in a company, maybe design. There's some room to grow in the respect that design has, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, has there. And if you start producing work really quickly, um, they'll be like, well, great, we don't need anything more than this. Like, just keep doing that. And you'll be like, my soul is dying. <laughs> what, what in your experience are the kinds of projects that often end up being MVPs? Like any specific traits or like commonalities between those projects that now you're easily able to sort of identify like, oh yeah, this one's probably, let's take an MVP approach. Yeah. So now that I am sort of in the decision-making role mm-hmm. for that, it's been pretty good because I think the... The ideal projects for that are when it's needed by a specific team for like a very specific use case um, and it's not part of like a giant overall marketing strategy or anything like that. It's kind of like we just have this need and we need something. Um, Whereas I feel like in the past when I haven't been the decision maker on it, MVPs happened when it was like, there's this business need and our deadline is short. (laughs) So let's do an MVP for it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so that's the less ideal situation because then you're kind of forced into doing an MVP and the result just doesn't turn out as well, mm-hmm. you know, because when it's a, a page that is part informing a, you know, your marketing strategy or is you know going to be heavily utilized and relied upon to drive results for the business, you want that more time to explore to get the result that's going to, you know, produce the best conversion rate and things like that. Uh, and it's more than just getting the information on the page. So you do need a bit more time for it. Yeah. yeah. I find like from from my side, like more the product side, uh, there's often two things. The first is like scope and, and resourcing. Like, oh yeah, we would love to do the full thing now, but we don't have enough engineers or like we don't have enough whatever. Mm. So we have to take an MVP approach. Um, and I think the other one that influences this often is like the... Uh, I guess like the sense of urgency or the the level of impact that it's having impact that's a good yeah word. so yep. like yep. okay is this something that's like really breaking right now in a lot of our screens MVP let's just get a quick fix out like as soon as possible mm-hmm. because it has a lot of impact it's breaking in a lot of places like yeah we could spend like three months like redoing the whole thing and coming up with a better more scalable solution but right now let's just quickly fix it and like what's the bare minimum we could do so yeah I feel like those two things are often in my experience what has like kind of helped identify like when we need to take an MVP approach that actually makes me think too you know we talked about MVP being a thought exercise to help you align on the actual basics and fundamentals of a project it could also be really helpful for you to use when you feel like scope creep Mm. might be happening (laughs) Um, you know, whether you're contributing to it yourself, as I often find myself doing, my eyes ideas get too big and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to take all this time to build it. So like, how do we scale this back? Um, maybe a question you could ask yourself in that situation is like, okay, if I was needing to take an MVP approach with this, what would yeah. I cut out? Um, and it, it could help you scale back on a few things that could unnecessarily lead to an increase in the build time. I like that. Yeah. Usually the question I ask in that moment is like, what is the goal? Like, and you know, is this achieving the goal? Like as long as, is this actually, yeah. Like as long as someone can do, can come in, do the thing, like achieve the goal that they're trying to do, like let's ship it, you know? Uh, so yeah, I find that that's, that's always a good question to ask too, but I like your framing of like MVP also. I think maybe overall our response to the listener who wrote in, 
asking about these and like, what do they mean? What's the process behind them? Is that really it is about prioritization and de-scoping and it's like a, a thought exercise to get to the basics. Um, and that there isn't one certain like design process that changes for it. It's more that you work through it faster <laughs> <laughs> and that you like don't spend as long on the iterations during it. Um, but also definitely talk to your team about it because um, it could vary a lot depending depending on the company. Totally. Yeah, this has been a good topic to talk about MVPs. Something that I have not thought much about, to be honest. Like I'm always like, oh yeah, MVP, MVP. But yeah, there's always... A lot of good meaty insights behind these questions. So thanks to the listener who who emailed in and asked us this question. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for asking. If you want to ask us a question that maybe you've been embarrassed <laughs> to ask your team and you're like, I feel like I should know this, but, uh, you know, use us. We'll, we'll, we'll help you out. Email in. Uh, we are hello at designlife.fm, yep, I believe. That's is our it. email address. Yep. Yep. Contact form on our website as well, designlife.fm. Um, we would love to hear your questions. Yeah, and you can listen to more episodes at designlife.fm. You can also search for us in your favorite podcast app. And we're on Twitter at designlife.fm. Yes, we are. And also, I just want to give a shout out to anyone who supports us on Patreon. Yeah. Because I was going through our, like, accounts bookkeeping the other day and, like, realizing how much it does cost us to run this show, <laughs> you know, buy our domain and pay for our hosting, etc., and our editing. And so just, yeah, thank you to the patrons who support us because with you plus our, we've had a couple of sponsorships in the past few yeah. years. We are breaking even Breaking on even. Show, so that's good. <laughs> Woo! Love it. Yeah. Huge milestones. Yes. <laughs> All right, fam. Well, this is a good episode and I'll talk to you next week about writing. All right. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.